Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NCEA podcast. I'm John Reyes, the Executive Director of Operational Vitality for NCEA. Welcome to this week's show. This year, NCEA launched the New Leaders Academy for Early Career Catholic School Leaders in partnership with FACS Education Solutions, blending powerful workshops from a diverse group of superintendents, professional learning networks, and one-to-one executive coaching from some of the very best in Catholic school leadership, over 20 leaders journeyed with us this year in expanding their impact and paving a vibrant future for Catholic schools and the kids and families they serve. So we're excited to be joined this week by two leaders who were part of New Leaders Academy and are among the many who discerned the call to lead and responded to that invitation with joy and courage. Uh, our first guest that's going to be with us is Erin Muner. She is currently the vice principal and stepping into the principal role at St. Joseph's Regional Catholic School in Beltsville, Maryland. And James Evans, who is the principal at Madonna del Sasso School in Salinas, California. Aaron James, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, and thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Awesome, awesome. James, I want to start with you. Uh, you said, so today was your very last day with teachers. Is that correct? It, it was, it was. It was a, a, a unique and challenging year, but we made it. Awesome. So in this unique and challenging year, you finished your first year as principal of the school. Can you talk a little bit, uh, what motivated you to make the transition to a leadership position at this point in your career? Um, so at Madonna, I, I took the took the position of second grade um, two years ago. And last year I moved to sixth, seventh and eighth grade of middle school math and science. Um, so I think it's just my, my nature to challenge myself to be the very best I can. And so going through the LMU program uh, last year and seeing this uh, leadership academy Kind of come up um, for me it was just it was the challenge of taking all that i've learned here in california in education and putting it to practice and, and so i had the opportunity at my school um, a principal was retiring and recommended me for the the lmu program and, and so for for me it's it's just that challenge to take what we've done and we've done successfully for the last couple of years and just continue to grow that so um, just a, a unique opportunity and, and one i'm glad i took that's that's really awesome. And, and Aaron, it's sort of a similar situation for you finishing up your first year at St. Joseph's. Uh, you're stepping up from the vice principal position to the principal position. Uh, can you talk a little bit what what motivated you? What was sort of the driving force for you to respond to that call and that invitation to lead? So actually, I'm a career changer. So being a teacher is a second career after I stayed oh, wow. home. Yeah, after I stayed home to raise three of my children, I went back to work as a middle school teacher and loved it and started, you know, kind of that perpetual learner with inside me, uh, just started to pursuing more education. I went into a, a PhD program and I thought, you know, there's more that I can do than within the walls of my classroom. I really kind of wanted to expand that kind of school-wide beyond my classroom. So that's what kind of motivated me, you know, to go down the leadership path. So in my PhD program at George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, I was able to put in a secondary specialization of administration. So I 
was a math educator for several years and then just decided to kind of go a little bit beyond that and uh, haven't looked back and I'm loving every moment of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love that you guys, there's a spirit of like, hey, there's a challenge in front of us. Like, let's go and get it. And like, Aaron, for you, like you're a career changer. You have three kids that you raise, which is just so awesome and so heroic. Um, So you embrace this challenge. What was... uh, what was the reaction of your friends and family like when you were like, hey, I'm, I'm going to step up to leadership, like doing this vice principal position and then now jumping into the principal's role? Like, how did your friends and family sort of react to that? You know, I'm really glad you asked that because it's been nothing but support. My husband, I just really have to give a shout out to him. He's been extremely supportive. And I think this was kind of the right time in my life to do this. My children are at an age where, you know, they're kind of those early teenagers, high school, uh, middle school students, and they're, you know, able to be a little more self-sufficient. So it was kind of the right time to do it. And I've had the utmost support from my family and my husband, um, you know, just... My husband's just kind of stepping it up at home a little bit, too, and just giving me that support. And so I think people were excited. And um, yeah, it's just it's been nothing but uh, kind of really positive support on my end, which I'm really blessed to have that support system. That's that's really great. And, and it's hard to imagine trying to make that jump, that sort of courageous leap into leadership without that sort of rich support. And James, you came from a second grade classroom. Second grade seems like an awesome place to kind of be. When you were sort of talking to friends and family about making that jump to the principal's chair, like what was what was that like for your friends and family? What was the vibe like around you? Um, I, I think at the time um, they thought I was a little crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, you know, the work that goes into it. Um, so I actually took off some time from education for about eight years wow. and, ran, and ran a plumbing company in Florida. Um, I'd originally started as a, a middle school uh, social studies uh, teacher in New York City um, at, a, at an all girls Catholic school uh, on the Upper East Side. Um, so when I came to California, it was kind of my opportunity to jump back into education. And so as, as the second grade teacher, um, I was originally supposed to be the I interviewed for the eighth grade position, uh, social studies and religion. And, uh, and uh, kind of fortunately and unfortunately, that teacher decided to stick around. Uh, she was originally going to move to that second grade position. So the principal called me um, about two weeks before school started and said, hey, uh, what do you think about taking on uh, the second graders in first <laughs> communion? And I and at that point, I said, well, why not? Uh, this was my calling. And. God had put me in this place to, you know, work with these, work with these little ones. And and I wasn't going to, uh, you know, deny that opportunity. So, you know, with that position came a lot of fun and excitement and those little guys were amazing. And then as I started talking with my principal at the time, and he had sort of suggested me for the leadership role and and thinking about maybe being the principal in a few years, um, I started looking at, you know, the, the middle school opportunity to be able to uh, kind of give myself a little bit more time, a little bit more flexibility with those kids. I, I, I had a great conversation with someone recently about teaching second grade is there's no there's no downtime in second grade. There's no right. moments where you can kind of say, hey, guys, why don't you work on this without, you know, 50 of them coming to you to have a question. Right. So um, so ultimately, I, 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 I thought that middle school would give me a better opportunity to kind of do some administrative stuff through the course of the year. Um, and then as I kind of put my you know, footing down and, and felt comfortable. Um, for me, just the natural progression is once the principal, um, you know, retired and it became a, a, an, an option, I took the, took the chance to do it. So I, I think we just, we just, uh, I know Aaron, and we've had conversations during the Leadership Academy. We just, we challenge ourselves to be the best we can be 
uh, not only in our faith, but also our education. So uh, it's always exciting taking those challenges. That's that's really great. And it's kind of cool to be in a group of uh, middle school teachers. Uh, as somebody who taught middle school, like teaching middle school was was absolutely great. And, and I think, you know, I think all grades offered an opportunity to do this. But I think being in the classroom, especially in a Catholic school, you get those little snippets and those little opportunities to lead, right? And, and it's not until you make the transition into leadership, into that sort of like formal leadership role that you, you kind of really see the whole picture. And so Aaron, I want to kind of flip the second question to you um you know what's a misconception that you think people have about leading in a catholic school right so there's there's what you see from the outside in and then when you step into that leadership role from the inside out what's something that you think people might miss or or maybe sort of uh not get the full picture of when it comes to leading in a catholic school that's a great question i mean leading in a catholic school you know leading in just a public school or, or another school that's you know secular or not catholic just maybe a, another private school doesn't really have that added Catholic identity piece. So as, you know, we can be different types of leaders. We can be, you know, transformational leaders. We can be servant leaders. But as in a, at a Catholic leadership, we have the ability to be kind of spiritual leaders as well. Yes, we, you know, do have that pastoral care and support um, from the leader of the church, you know, our parish. But, you know, a lot of times teachers and students and staff look to the administration for that spiritual leadership as well. And I think that's just kind of the unique opportunity we have as Catholic school leaders. So if you look at a principal, just look at the principal position, there's a lot of stresses. And, you know, we kind of have that Catholic piece on top of it, not saying that that Catholic piece isn't a stress, because sometimes it can be a little stressful, but it's really a blessing, too. It's kind of this blessing to be able to live our faith on a daily basis for our staff members, faculty members and our students. That's that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, that is definitely a defining characteristic. And and hopefully that's something that, you know, for folks that are listening and maybe discerning their own call to leadership, that that's something that they find appealing. Uh, James, what about you? What's, you know, having gone through this year and, and leading in this particular year, what's a misconception that you think people have about leading in a Catholic school? Yeah, the, the first thing that came to my mind was that it was easy that, you know, you're 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 working with families that are financially comfortable that, you know, are, are, are kind of able to take care of your school. Um, I, I think I think what I found this year is that uh, we have so much more to worry about than any public school <laughs> principal has to worry about when you when you break down, you know, for me this year, breaking down, we've got to worry about enrollment. We've got to we've got to make sure our numbers are where they need to be in order to, you know, financially support the school. We've got to worry about building facilities that we have to take and manage ourselves. And we can't kind of rely on anybody for those things. Um, and then probably the most important thing that we have that that uh, as a as a private school is the faith of the faculty, but more importantly, the students, you know, we hold we hold that first communion and we hold, you know, all of those different, very important religious milestones. And, and we are responsible for that. And and I think um, the, the the most excitement that I had this year was the ability to finally have uh, our first communion inside of our church with with our with our families and, and we did that you know just just a couple months ago and just the pure excitement on on the family's faces as we as we move through that together and being back in the church and you know just kind of embracing all of that I, I really think um just kind of all of the things as a first year leader 
that you kind of, you know, you know that's there, but just kind of living those things um, for, for the first time becomes becomes a stress point. Um, we started the school off, of course, like most Catholic schools, down numbers wise a little bit. Um, and, and so, you know, as I, as I sort of tout our school, we started this year off at about 162 students and we ended the year at 191. Um, so, so during this time, we were able to prove and show to our community that, that, that faith matters and that putting their students in, in our school was, was the right plan for them as a family. So, um, yeah. I'm shaking my head just as you're saying that because we had the exact same thing with enrollment. We started down a little bit and then enrollment just increased. And we had this kind of wonderful opportunity. I remember talking to our director of enrollment and some of the other staff members. I said, okay, well, we have students that have come from different schools. We have the opportunity to show them what a difference a Catholic education makes. Not only do we have the academics, but we have that Catholic identity piece that's going to want to keep them staying. We have that community involvement. We have just kind of that family atmosphere. And it really was just a great opportunity this year. So that's this is awesome. And I'm going to take this opportunity to pivot a little bit because I'm and I want like our listeners to sort of hear like the way that James and and Aaron are, are phrasing this in terms of like opportunity language, right? This is our opportunity, right? Like to to Alexander Hamilton, this is like like we're not going to throw away our shot. And so like I'm curious where we're at on the day that we're recording this and looking back maybe to the beginning of the year, what's something you would have told yourself? Like if you could sort of jump in the time machine and just be like, all right, it's the first day in this new role in this new position. And maybe you had like, I don't know, 10 or 15 words or less to tell, you know, your past self something to get you through the, through the year. What would you tell, you know, your past self? I, I would say trust your instincts. I would say, um, you know, as, as I had families come in and we did tours and we talked about what this school means, um, I, I think it's just trust your gut, knowing that, you know, we, and we did we did a great job because even looking at all of those students that we brought in this year, my initial fear was, oh, we're going to lose those students. Once public schools, once, you know, they, they have the option to kind of pick. And the great thing that I can say is that we retain those families. Um, they, they saw the value of our education. And, and, and really it was, it was the trust in, in myself, but then it was the trust in all of those teachers that we put out there and, and to provide that educational, that educational background. So I think it's just, for me, it's just trust yourself, trust your instincts and, and connect with your families and, and good things will happen. That's fantastic. That's great. Aaron, what about you? You're jumping in the time machine. You're talking to past Aaron. What are you telling her at the start of this year to get her through the, the rest of the year? I mean, I could be funny and say, I could tell myself, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it because um, <laughs> it was kind of a crazy year with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, realistically, exactly um, what James was saying is, you know, trust in your instincts, trust your teachers, trust in God. And I think it's that, you know, sometimes I would just find myself kind of faltering in that trust. And it was not until that I regained that trust and, you know, regained that trust in God, regained that trust in, you know, those around me that things actually succeeded. So I, I agree. Kind of just kind of have that trust, um, go with your instincts and uh, know that things are going to be okay. It may seem difficult at times. And I know you use the word courageous. It's definitely a courageous thing that we do. But uh, we'll make it through. And I, you know, as we kind of get to the end of the year, I know, James, you said your day, last day was today. We have um, 
about another week and a half to go. But as we're getting there, it may seem tough, but you know, we're getting there and uh, hopefully things look, look a little better next year too. That's awesome. Yeah. I love sort of this message of trust and, and looking back on the year, um, sort of thinking about maybe the expectations and the uh, anticipation you had sort of stepping into these roles. Um, I'll open up to either one of you. Could you talk a little bit about something that maybe you didn't expect out of leading at a Catholic school, something that caught you by surprise, or something that wasn't quite what you thought it was going to be? I have to I, I'll chime in here. You know, it's interesting now taking on this leadership role. When I was a teacher, I used to think, and this is this is really silly, I used to think that the principal or the vice principal had so much time. And I'd be like, well, why aren't they coming in and talking to me? Or, you know, why aren't they doing this? Or, you know, their focus should be on the middle school or because that's where I was teaching. But now I know what was going on. It's crazy busy. There's a lot of things going on in the school. And it's almost like I want to reach out to my former administrators and say, look, I get it. I totally get what's going on. And it was kind of, it's that aha moment. But it's also, it's really interesting too, because I look back to the time that I was a teacher and I think, oh, I wish my administration knew this, or I wish, you know, my administrator knew that. And I really try to remember that. So I do try to stop in and talk to my teachers. And I do try to take those moments and encourage them because I know that that's what I wanted when I was a teacher. So it's kind of this tables are turned a little bit, but it's definitely a different perspective. Right. No, that's fantastic. That's great. James, what about you? Something you didn't expect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sitting in your chair during the course of the day does not really happen. Um, I second that, Aaron, of spending your time in your office. This doesn't work. Uh, one of the things that I, I think that really came out of this year for me um, was the support, uh, not only from the teachers and the student stuff, but really from our families. Um, here, we decided to implement a beautification day uh, once a month, uh, every, every, uh, every, every month for a Saturday. Um, and, and I really think um, with that beautification day, we, we had kind of opened up a handful of spots and we had 40 plus families uh, once, a, once a month on a Saturday show up um, to, to really kind of do everything at the school, whether it be painting, whether it be gardening or any of those things um, was just impressive. So for me, one of the things I, you know, I didn't really, I mean, I knew it was there, but man, it was just so overwhelming this year, um, that support from our families. That's really great. Can you talk a little bit about where do you think that that drive and that support came from? Like, how, why do you think they responded to that so well? Again, I, I'll say it's my teachers. Um, I, 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 I couldn't have done it without my teachers this year. They, they deserve so much credit for all that they put and all the extra work in the, the distant learning and having the kids, you know, who were, who were still staying at home and just kind of being able to, to work that to work that in their in their day. And so I think that that their effort and their kind of push to get all of the students where they needed to be this year just translated into the families this year, kind of saying, you are amazing and we wanna do yeah. everything we can to to, to, to help you. So um, I really think that's where it came from was just, just the overall atmosphere and in, in, in nature of the school. Yeah, James, and it sounds like there's like a lot of mutual trust because it's, because 
since you stepped up from that second grade position, I mean, those are your colleagues that have now become sort of teachers on your team. So I imagine that even with that relationship, that dynamic changing, I think having that mutual trust led to success. I, uh, Aaron, I want to go back to something you were saying about like reaching out to some of like your former administrators. Have you had a chance to actually reach out to any of like your former principals or administrators now that you're sort of planning to transition into this principal role? And how those conversations been? You know, I haven't. I need to, though. I definitely need to because I get it. And, you know, it's I think reaching out to them, you know, even looking for advice would be fantastic. And I think one of the and I was just going to say one of the awesome things about this new leaders academy was, you know, Speaking of that is talking to administrators in kind of that executive coaching session. And even when James was just saying this beautification week or the beautification day that he has, I want to jump on that. Like I want to implement that at my school. So hearing about all these ideas and when we had the executive coaching session, we were able to communicate with other principals on a monthly basis and talk to them and network and get ideas because they're all going through the same things we are. And it was just, it, it was really a rewarding experience. That's that's so awesome. And thank you so much for doing our promo work for us. That's, that's a very authentic endorsement. <laughs> so I'm just going to embrace this opportunity. We're going to fully lean into the promo part of this. For those of you that are listening, as I mentioned in the in the promo, like we you know, were blessed to do this New Leaders Academy with new principals. Both Aaron and James were a part of that. Uh, James, I kind of want to flip it over to you. Uh, and of course, we've actually had like the last almost a year and a half to sort of spend together in your leadership journey. Uh, James, can you talk a little bit just like what was your experience in New Leaders Academy like? What did you find, I guess, uh, most enriching or most uh, uh, powerful in your journey of leadership this year. Uh, yeah, I'll absolutely second, Aaron. The the ability to meet with principals from all over the country um, and just kind of hash out ideas, you know, throw something out there and and listening to you know uh, the different communities because that's the one thing I really loved about the the New Leaders Academy was that it wasn't just kind of the same types of schools. Like you know, I spent a lot of time with some Florida schools. I spent some time with New York schools and and uh, Dr. McNiff was just incredible as as my my sort of coaching leader. Um, but just kind of like allowing us the opportunity to get together in a format that you know pushed pushed our thinking, whether it be enrollment, how how do we increase enrollment? Well, what's working for you in Florida? What's working for you here? Um, the finances, like where where do we need to focus on? You know, you know, plowing through all of those different documents. Um, you know, as a new leader, I'll tell you the, the New Leaders Academy and the LMU program just going you know back to back in 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 those two years just really um, kind of made this year a successful year for me. So, you know, I, there's so much appreciation goes to everybody who was a part of that team. Yeah, if I can, if I can chime in too, our actual, um, not to brag, but our uh, our group that we have with the executive coach, there was uh, several of us that met with Henry Fortier um, from the Diocese of Orlando, and we're actually going to continue meeting. So beyond the New Leaders Academy, awesome. we've decided to continue meeting just to be each other's support system. And I am we we thought it was going to be our last session about a month ago. And then when we decided to continue to meet, we all kind of breathed, breathed a sigh of relief. We were so excited to just know that we were going to continue meeting and, you know, be able to support one another. And not just, you know, it's not like we're meeting with principals within the diocese, like James said. We're meeting with principals all over the country 
um, who maybe have different uh, student populations, different sizes, different grades, and but we're all going through similar things. So it's it's truly it's truly wonderful. That's such an awesome thing to hear. I appreciate you guys sharing that. And it's 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 great that you guys saw so much value in connecting with other principals and seeing diverse perspectives. And, and you guys talked a lot about sort of generate generating new ideas. So, you know, we're we're about to sort of like come to a close for this year, looking forward to next year. Um, Aaron, I'll start with you. What's something that you are looking forward to for next year? What is something you are passionate or excited about as the new school year approaches? And it's gonna come pretty soon. I have to tell you, it's hopefully seeing more students in person. I think, you know, as we started this year out with kind of the height of the pandemic, we we were in person. Um, some of our students were in person five days a week, but it was a small amount. And then we were able to have more and more students back in person. And just to see kind of the the livelihood of the school kind of just blossoming again was fantastic. So I think seeing more and more in person next year, I mean, that's the vitality of the school. That's what makes it strong is, you know, is having those, you know, interacting with students on a daily basis. So honestly, I'm, I'm not even going to be shy about it. I'm just looking forward to seeing more students back in person next year. I love it. I love it. That's great. Uh, James, you're about to wrap up your first year after, you know, June 30, I'm guessing you will no longer be a first year principal. So in year two, what can we expect or what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I think it's the idea of being normal, whatever normal looks like (laughs) for the future. Um, I I think, again, not just getting the kids back in person, um, because I think that's important. And and I heard um, one of my former one of my principals in my, my current diocese in Monterey, you know, say our role as a, as a Catholic school is to have those people in person. We, we live our faith and, and doing it on Zoom or, you know, not doing it in person is a, is a real challenge. So I, I think the idea of being able to go to mass with students and, and to live that is an important part of our, our faith journey with, as a leader of the school. So I guess getting back to normal, getting back to uh, meeting my fellow principals in, in, uh, in, in person. And, and I really think, um, you know, going through this is just challenging continue to constantly challenge ourselves to be creative with our, with how we, we bring in, um, you know, the, the information and, and how we, how we put it out to the kids and, and our communications with the parents uh, of getting them back on campus as well. So just like Aaron, I think the in-person, the in-person idea sounds like a great way of getting back to normal for our Catholic schools. And I maybe uh, the NCA conference in person next year, our new leaders yeah. Academy, maybe we yeah. can all meet up for a meal or something. I'm looking forward to that. Hope you guys like beignets and gumbo will be in New Orleans for 2022. So that's really exciting. I heard that is exciting. I can't wait. Yeah, awesome. So look, I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I hope those of you that are listening that you've had a chance to get a glimpse of the future, the present and future of Catholic school leadership and, and, and know that that James and Aaron really are representative of this new generation of Catholic school leaders that we should be absolutely thrilled and excited about in terms of sort of the future of Catholic schools. Um, But you know, every good leader needs a little rest and relaxation. So just to wrap up real quick, what are you guys doing for the summer? Like what's happening? I'm going to be reading and taking a trip to Nebraska. I don't know why Nebraska, but um, Nebraska, and we're going to, um, you know, potentially be on a farm and maybe doing some some feeding the chickens and feeding and and milking cows. But um, I think just taking a couple weeks to just do nothing uh, with with that really tough summer that we had last year with not really getting the opportunity to kind of 
just decompress from the from the COVID year and then kind of now just being able to kind of take some true time to recover. Super. Aaron, how about you? Well, that's still up for debate. Our family, we're, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to do. It's a toss up between going to the beach, to the lake. I don't know, but someplace relaxing and uh, there'll be water, some kind of water sports involved. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, Aaron, James, we're going to come to a close here. Thank you both so much. Uh, we really, really appreciate your insight. We appreciate your passion and we appreciate your dedication to Catholic school. So thank you so much. Thanks for having us. This was great. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Reyes. I love reconnecting with you uh, uh, after a long, a long sort of hiatus, but it was great. Great chat with you tonight. Awesome. James, Aaron, thank you so much. For those of you listening to the NCA podcast, thanks for joining us uh, for this week's episode. We'll have plenty more opportunities for leadership formation in the coming year. So as your school year comes to a close, uh, we want to thank you. We appreciate you. You are seen. You are loved. And know that we at NCA are praying for you and for your work. Uh, that's all for this week. We'll see you next week.